Hey everyone, welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio, your host Chris Honholtz. Yeah, just me this week, sort of. Uh, joining you this week, it is June 10th, 2022. reason I am recording this solo at the moment is I'm actually introducing to you a discussion that I had with Andy Olson of Echo Zoe Radio on his program. Every year, Andy is very generous with his time and invites me on to do what he calls Discussion Cornucopia, where we do a variety of topics. And this week, we did uh, three different topics. We were talking about Christian response to tragedies. We were talking about being salt and light in the world and discussing the nature of our rights as Christians uh, in, a, in a society such as America. So that was a, a wonderful opportunity to be on. I'm always so grateful when Andy has me on his program and uh, makes his time available that way. And uh, this is about the third year we've done this, and it's always just such a great time. He was uh, not only generous with his time, but he was generous with the audio, and he shared that with us so that we can share it with you guys here on this program. If you are not someone who follows Echo Zoe Ministries, then I would highly encourage you to go to echozoe.com. That's E-C-H-O-Z-O-E.com. Give him a listen. Add him to your listening library. Nice thing about Andy's uh, programs is they're once a month. He brings always brings somebody on that uh, you're going to benefit from. Always going to have a great interview and discussion. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. So I would highly recommend not only listen to this program, please, <laughs> but go listen to the many interviews that Andy has done over, I think, like 10 years at this point. Uh, he is also part of the Christian podcast community, so we recommend him, obviously, as part of that uh, community. And I just want to remind you, you can always follow everything we do here at slavetothekeen.com. You can sign up, and I'm actually starting to live up to my promise and putting more content in the, in the blog section. Got a couple of articles on there I'd love you to check out. And also, make sure that if you are interested, and the Lord has so equipped you to do, if you are interested in supporting our uh, our little radio efforts here, then there is a support tab on our website at slavetothekeen.com. Gives you a couple of options. Throw that out there for those who may be interested. Um, you guys are always such a blessing to us. We are always so blessed by what you do, the prayers that, that you have for us, the communications that you give us. Please, more than anything, be praying for us and let us know how we can help with this program, things that we can cover, topics that would be of interest to you. We've done a lot of cultural topics lately, mostly because so much of them have had such an impact on Christian discussion and behavior in the way we just live our lives that it's been necessary to talk about them but we would also again we put the invitation out earlier this year uh if there are things that you would like us to talk about please please let us know and uh give us a a, a ring so to speak you know you can always email us at voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com and by the way if this podcast is of help to you i always ask you guys just think about it um, whatever podcast format that you use, if you want to leave a review so that others can know what to expect from this program, doesn't benefit us in terms of pumping us up in numbers or anything. That's not what that's for. But I've always tried to explain that reviews help someone know what the content is like. So if it's a blessing to you, if you can't stand us, put a review up. Uh, it, it helps those who are looking for content to know what to expect. So if you guys would consider doing that, would greatly appreciate it. And again, please, I'm going to continue to try to put more blog content on our website. If you guys would take the time, read some of those articles if they, if they 
would benefit you, consider sharing them with others as well. So we just we want to do this not to try to make a, a voice or a platform, but if there's stuff here that we're doing that is beneficial to you, then we hope it can be beneficial to someone else as well. So continue, consider sharing that. With all that said, with no further ado, here is my interview with Andy Olson on the Echo Zoe radio program. Chris, uh, it's been, uh, I think it's been a little over a year since we did the 2021 discussion cornucopia, we called it. Yeah, it's uh, just a little bit beyond that. Yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah, great to have you. Good to talk with you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. So um, I I slipped up a little bit and last month with Gene and, um, you know, it's usually force of habit. So I want to make sure I don't make the same mistake with you. Let's start out talking about your ministry, where people can find you, all that stuff right off the bat. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I am one of uh, a two-part team for Voice of Reason Radio. I, I, I don't say co-host. Rich and I are both the hosts of uh, Voice of Reason Radio. I, I, like, I like to tell people there is no Voice of Reason Radio without Rich. He is very much the heart and soul of, uh, of what we do, um, where I can, you know, maybe make a logical point by point case there's if there's something that you can say about Richie he is the pastoral heart so to speak of the of the program and you hear that in his desire for the gospel but the point of voice to reason radio is we're just a two man podcast where you get to listen to two christian brethren talk about any myriad of topics we our goal is always two parts number one to glorify god and of course to secondly edify the saints as much as we're able to and what our point in all of this is to point people back to the word of God. That's the only true voice of reason. Uh, we have the world that tries to co-opt that term reason and use it as a secular humanist atheistic term. The reality is there is no ability to have reason at all, no sense of logic or rationality without the word of God. So they have to steal from that. So we're taking that term back. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so we've been doing that for about, uh, we're coming into our seventh year. We've done wow. for six years now. And uh, by God's grace, and uh, the Lord is kindly allows us to just each year see a little bit more uh, listeners coming in. So we are so grateful for that. Uh, we have a website that is uh, slave to the king.com, which is where primarily you're going to find the the links to the show and, and, and actually listen to it if you want to stream it directly. Um, and that's where you make contact with us. It's uh, slave to the king.com. And I try to do a little bit of writing there as well. And that's pretty much the sum of our, uh, you know, our ministry always feels a little weird to say that because mm -hmm. it's, it just started as a podcast and, yeah. and now, now more and more people want to refer to it as a ministry, but we just, we hope that our little effort is to come alongside uh, the church because it's your, your primary education, your primary training and, and, and supervision uh, under elders and stuff should be in the local church. So we're just at best a tertiary tool. Um, so we hope we can come alongside and maybe just talk about some of the things, either day-to-day uh, -day living or stuff that's in the, uh, in the news cycle. How do you look at that from a Christian perspective? How do you look at that from a biblical perspective? Uh, and so that's what we try to do. And we've been grateful the Lord allows us to continue to do it each week. Cool. And, uh, one thing I've enjoyed about doing these with you is that you're kind of naturally your format is to talk about current events and, you know, the things that are flying by the Twitter feed and whatnot and what's in the news. Whereas my format is more tends to be just, let's talk about a doctrine, you know, let's talk about, um, you know, something that's more timeless, but both are important. Right. And so I like to bring that in from time to time. And that's why I think I enjoy these shows that we do when I have you on. 
Oh, we appreciate it. Believe me. And and it's funny. We don't set out to be like a, a current event show. Mm-hmm. It's just that it, we actually went into this this year hoping to be, as you say, a little bit more doctrine. And yet so much of what's going on has its connections and how we respond to it all back in scripture and all back theologically yeah. based. So our hope is, OK, maybe we're we're covering more of current events than we thought we would. But how do you view that as a Christian? Because it's really, really easy to be caught up in the social media or political perspective. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, is you can always tie that back in. You guys do that well, is just because you're not explicitly going out to talk about a specific doctrine, you can weave the doctrine into how we relate to these uh, current events. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So kind of similar to what we did last year, we each picked two topics and Mm -hmm. we'll probably spend about. 15 minutes or so on each one where, you know, give or take shoot for an hour and just starting off with current events. We recently had a pretty horrific shooting yeah. in Texas. A few, what was it about two weeks ago now? Yeah. About a week that. ago. And, um, so your angle to that, you wanted to talk about a specific angle to that. Well, primarily what I wanted to, to address is that it's the interesting, per, um, perspective that I think almost nobody wants to talk about, which is that we see these terrible things happen and and we don't in any way, shape or form want to minimize that. You know, what happened was an evil man did an evil act and killed many people. And now he sits in judgment after he's, you know, stepped out of this life after, he, you know, what he's done and the law enforcement dealt with him. And now he sits in judgment for eternity. This is all tragic. Every every loss of life is tragic. Every person hurt is a tragedy in this life. So we don't want to take away from that in any way, shape, or form. But the interesting thing is uh, so often, and you, and you see it especially with the secular left, is, well, where's your God? How dare, why would God let this happen? How dare you guys do, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers that they don't do anything. And it's, it's so often the response that, you know, uh, that what, where's God in all this? Why would God allow this to happen? And one of the things that I responded to that, and it's, I don't think it's a popular thing to say because it does make it seem like we're minimizing, but it's the reality. And it's the truth is that we as a nation have embraced all the things that God hates. We call what he calls an abomination. We call it a virtue. We celebrate what he tells us to repent of. We are proud. We are arrogant. We are loud. We are brash. And yet God calls us to be humble and lowly. So we are a nation at war with God and, you know, embracing everything that he tells us he is against. And then we want to cry out, why did you let this happen? Well, Romans 1 tells us why it happened. Mm-hmm. God more and more will give a nation over, a people over to a depraved mind. And we now today embrace as virtue confusion. We now embrace rebellion. We now embrace immorality. And we say these are all virtues. And then we wonder why, with increasing regularity, grave evil happens. Well, If you want to reject Christ, if you want to reject him as sovereign Lord, if you want to reject his rule, if you want to reject his laws and his commandments, 
and you want to say, we're going to tear you off your throne and we're going to put ourself up, we're going to put the idol of self up, then why do you have a right to challenge God on these things? He's giving you over to what you want. If you want a depraved mind, if you want to live in depravity, then you get everything that comes with it, yep. including grave evil. Yep. And that's that's the thing that I think that I, I know that's a scary thing to talk about as a Christian because, wow, that's not very loving. That's not very winsome or nuanced. But it's the truth. We 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 as a nation need to be a prophetic uh, Christian uh, Christians in this nation. Excuse me, need to be a prophetic voice once again, and we need to be able to say the reason you're not getting what you want from God is you want what you want. You don't want what God wants. Yeah, and I think I find more and more the older I get that when you look at like temporal judgment, not eternal judgment, but temporal judgment, by far the most common form of temporal judgment is God just turning us over to what we want, mm-hmm. giving us what we want and letting us face the consequences of mm-hmm. that particular thing. Absolutely. And what's interesting is, you know, one of the things that struck me about this is uh, as I was reading through scripture one day, I'm, I'm looking at Deuteronomy 28 and I think it's 64, 66 verses in that chapter where Moses is giving the law again to the people of Israel. He's telling them their history. He's telling the laws. And as they're getting ready to go into Israel before Moses dies, one of the things God commands them to do is to go up on the mountain to pronounce blessings and curses. Blessings if you are obedient to God, curses that will happen should Israel choose to disobey God. And for 64, 66 verses, curse after curse after curse after curse upon the nation of Israel would be pronounced for their rebellion. And the rest of the New Testament, or excuse me, Old Testament tells us that they suffered every one of them. And every one of them came about as a result of they did what was right in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. They they pursued lust. They pursued idolatry. They pursued wealth. They, you know, they deprived the poor. they, They did everything that came as a direct result of rejecting God as their Lord. So, it's, it should not be shocking to us that the same God who said for all of chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, Israel, these are the curses that I will put upon you as a people. This should not be surprising to us when we go back to Romans 1 in the New Testament. This is the same God. And so, yeah, exactly what you say. God gives us over to that depraved mind. That's a curse. And everything that comes with it, the, the, the loss of rationality the loss of any sense of uh, of morality the loss of any sense of chastity any sense of humility all gone and we're at each other's throats whether we're on the left side of things politically whether you're in the middle which is almost increasingly difficult to find mm-hmm. or if you're on the, on the right side it's affecting everyone uh, we we've seen people on the right who are is irrational as people on the left People who are inconsistent with their professed worldview. Well, yes, I'm conservative, but you know, I, I I'm okay with gay marriage. I'm conservative, but I'm okay with abortion in these instances. It's an it's irrational. It's not consistent with your political worldview. Pragmatic tends to be. It's pragmatic. pragmatics, exactly. And so we're seeing irrationality on all sides. And what does that create? Further and further division. More and the further division is 
the more we hate one another and the more we go after one another. And then even within your political sides, you have people who are after each other. The political left, my goodness, they've got people within the LGBT community starting to attack one another. You know, you've got feminists who are being assaulted by people who, uh, you know, who are transgender because feminists recognize being a woman means something. There's a rational thought there, even though they reject God's created order. They, there's a rational thought that says there's a difference between a man and a woman biologically. And they're going after one another. Why? Mm -hmm. Because there, it, you know, it's God. Give, there's no rationality. There's no. There's no sense of what is true or right. And it's it's this devolving into mass chaos. And so that's what we're watching. Just like you said, you have a a a mass of people who are being given over to their base desires. Chaos ensues. And then we end up with these shootings okay. or other. Grave evils that come come around. I mean, they just keep coming around and around and around. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, as God removes his hand of restraint, I mean, think about it. The Christian recognizes that there, you and I, Andy, have, have no difference between ourselves and the person who pulled that trigger. We are just as capable of grave sin. We recognize that. The, what restrains us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has changed us and has made us new creations and given us a new heart and a new desire. We don't desire those things. Are we still capable of struggling with sin and, and dealing with anger and unjust uh, uh, hatred and stuff towards people? Yes, but that's what brings us back to repentance because of the Holy Spirit. In a nation that has rejected God and he says, I'm going to give you over to this depraved mind, he removes that hand of restraint. And the more he remove, the more he removes it, the more vile the evil becomes. So I, I think the culture starting to, oh, good. the culture's starting to recognize this in some ways that we theologically would call that common grace. When we see mm -hmm. that our unbelieving neighbor doesn't go shoot up schools or doesn't shoot up synagogues or you know he's not out committing all this violence and stuff, he's not a believer. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit, but he does have common grace. Right. But then we see, as you're saying, God takes his restraining hand away. Well, in many ways, his restraining hand is that common grace. He just takes that away. Okay, you want your way? All right, this is what your way is going to look like. Yep. And that's why I say, I mean, as a nation, we don't have a right to shake our fist at God, to sit there and say, well, what, what good are prayers? It didn't stop this. Why do you even care? You've been trying to tear God off his throne, and he's giving you over to what you desire. This is actually the wake-up call. This is what, hey, this is what you wanted. You wanted a nation without God. You got it. So now the question needs to be, is this what you want to continue to pursue? If you don't want this grave evil, if you don't want this, these terrible things to happen, then you have to repent. You have to recognize that as a nation, you've sinned against God. You've torn uh, you've tried to tear him off his throne and put yourself up. The only way that changes is you turn back to Christ. Or, or I shouldn't say turn back to, but turn to Christ for, for the first time. Yeah. I mean, we see that God, throughout the Old Testament, when Israel would return to him as their Lord, he would bless them. He would redeem them out of the, the trouble he allowed them to go into. Now, America, by no means, is some new Israel. Okay, we're not Israel. You know, anybody who teaches that, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> we're we're not the new we're not the new promised land. That's just simply wrong. But the 
It's the same God. And if we as Christians became more consumed with the proclamation of the gospel, we don't say we don't preach the gospel so we get better politics or better uh, living arrangements. That's not what I'm talking about. But if we become obsessed with the proclamation of the gospel, that we see what's going on around us in this nation, the grave evil that's happening more and more, and we preach repentance, we preach salvation in Christ, and people begin to come to Christ in, by His sovereign grace. Is could we see a a a sense in which America one day comes back from the edge. Maybe, you know, we don't know that it could mm-hmm. be that God, God allows us to go the way of uh, the way of Rome and collapse inward. And, and we're, we're, we become worthless, but at the same time, if we want people to see, if we want to be able to say, this is sin, this is evil. This is, uh, this is what's happening is because of what's going on with the, uh, you know, you know, the, 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 cultural obsession with sin as, as a virtue, then we have to pro- proclaim the gospel. And that's what's going to bring people back. That's what's going to bring people from the edge. And that's what's going to bring them to right standing with God. And that would be the only possible way in which this nation no longer heads down that road, in which God's hand of restraining grace goes back. But we're not going to do that apart from a, a supernatural work of God. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be willing to say that. That's a hard lesson to preach, but we have to be willing to say it. We have to say, when you see a wicked, vile, evil man do terrible things to children, that is a reminder that this is a nation neck deep in sin, and we need to repent. Mm-hmm. We need Jesus Christ. That's that. That's what it needs to be. It needs to be that clarion call. And I think there's a lot of us that are afraid to say that because it sounds mean. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to explicitly say this because it's said to me otherwise be such a smooth transition that people wouldn't <laughs> follow. But we're gonna we're we're gonna get into the second topic, which is be what does it mean to be salt and light? I think we're already heading in that direction in the conversation. But mm-hmm. what does it mean to be salt and light? Well, I mean, we, you know, Christ says we are a city set on a hill. You know, we're, we're a, a lampstand to be put up so people can see in the darkness. The only reason we have light is because of the gospel. Mm-hmm. It is because of Christ in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what lights up the darkness. The darkness is everything that stands against Christ, everything that stands against his reign and rule. So as Christians, I think to be salt and light, number one, is that we are to be proclaimers of the the gospel. The very gospel that redeemed us is the gospel we need to be first and foremost speaking. But secondly, I think it also means we got to be living that out. And you you can't live in utter hypocrisy by saying, um, you know, a homosexual marriage is bad uh, and an and abortion is bad, but you as a church aren't dealing with rampant divorce in your in in your church for example and i know that's typically the overblown excuse where they say well the church can't speak against homosexual marriage because you have divorce the truth is divorce does happen and i think they overblow that to make it an argument in their favor but the reality is we do have that issue and sexual immorality is still happening within the pews of the church Mm -hmm. so if if we're going to be salt and light and i don't mean to i'm just using that as an obvious example but if we're going to be salt and light then we got to live by what we say if we well, say I wanna, that you I want to challenge oh, you a little bit in that I think my understanding of salt and light really was transformed by something that Phil Johnson had said years ago. Mm. 
And he pointed out that Jesus didn't command us to be salt and light. He said we already are salt and light. True. Very true. And very, very true. When you, I mean, just that simple recognition that we are salt and light, not we're called to be, but we are, really transforms how we understand that very statement. Mm-hmm. To no, that's very light. true. And, and no, you're actually, you're right about that. You're very right. I didn't, I don't think to phrase it correctly. And you're right. That is, that is a very different, it puts a very different perspective. You're correct. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, um, we have to stop and think what, what does salt do or what, what was the purpose of salt in the first century? Well, really, what was the purpose of salt up until the invention of refrigeration? <laughs> Preservation. Preservation, yeah. I yeah. mean, here in the northerly latitudes, um, historically, people would go out and hunt quite a bit in the fall. They would kill a bunch of animals. Once it started getting cold enough that that, that meat would last through the winter. But then to get through from spring through summer, you're not going to get it unless you eat it right away. You need mm-hmm. to have some way to hold back the, the rot. And that's what the salt was. It was a way of uh, killing off the bacteria that was going to rot the meat. And mm-hmm. Jesus says that's what we are in the culture. We are what prevents the culture from just deteriorating into complete and utter rot. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And again, that goes back to you know, living according to scripture, if we as uh, the followers of Christ are living in such a way that we're being consistent with the commands of God, obviously we don't earn merit with Christ by our, mm-hmm. uh, by our obedience, but our obedience pours forth from our salvation. Number one, the culture sees that. Now, granted, culture is going to hate that. Right. <laughs> it, oh, it, absolutely, it absolutely hates it. But commensurate with that is the preaching of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm obedient, not because it has merited me anything. I'm exactly. obedient because I have a new savior. I, I I'm I'm a servant to a new master. I'm no longer a servant to sin, which is what the world is. The reason this bugs you, the reason it irritates you, is because I'm living in such a way as you see that your life is a rebellion against God. But I do that not because uh, I think it's gaining me something, but because I've been transformed. Mm-hmm. And that that is an, an absolutely necessary and, um, as you say, preservative against rot in the culture because it's rubbing up against that. It's, 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 it's you know, basically irritating the daylights out of it. And now they have to be challenged with um, the Christian worldview, which naturally – is a, is in opposition to what they want. That's why you hear yeah. so much. The, why the culture so much demands us to be quiet because but they it, don't it, want even us that to be able to say it. Irritates us. It irritates them. Just yes. even just just showing them that we can live out what we proclaim. Yep, is irritating. Oh, absolutely. You know they want to they want to run around saying, "Well, yeah, your religion says you know that you should um, be sexually pure." But that's just not you. Nobody can live that way. And then when right. we show them that, yeah, we actually we can and we do, all that drives them nuts. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the other thing is, is that when we fail, if we are 
genuinely in the faith, if we are genuinely consistent with our with what we profess, when we fail, we admit it and we repent of it. To them, if we fail, that should be, oh, see, you've proven me right. And then when we turn around and say, you're right, I failed and I've repented and I, I and this is the consequence of my actions, that is a further irritant because mm-hmm. they they can't abide by the idea that there is such a thing as repentance and restoration and reconciliation. It We, we actually see that with people who attack the church with, with someone who has done something bad in their past, and they say that that permanently defines you. And then we say, well, actually, Isn't yes, it that funny, person though? did. Like, yeah, they, they they'll reach back as far as they can if it's if it helps to smear somebody. But if somebody that they like did something last week, that, <laughs> you know, then it's like, well, you know, we just got to forgive and forget and move on. You know, yeah, exactly. we all make mistakes. But see, that's where I think it's it's that is where you said before our obedience is what is that is is irritant because it says oh nobody lives that way and then see you failed and they want it to be the defining mark mm-hmm. but when we say there is forgiveness and there there is repentance and there is reconciliation that drives them crazy <laughs> because that means i can't use that to define you but for the flip side of it oh of course they're going to forgive because they can't that per, if that person felt shame for what they did and actually came to genuine repentance and reconciliation, it would destroy their worldview. So they have to smooth it over. They have to pretend it's not a big deal and they have to be completely inconsistent and embrace that because they need that person to stay in the same state that they're in. So if they continue to do it over and over again, it's totally fine because number one, over and over again means it's consistent with their worldview that everybody, you know, uh, do things sinfully. But they're also they want to avoid any possibility that that person ever faces an actual need for repentance, because that would destroy their worldview. So they, the, even the idea that well oh, we, we'll we'll hypocritically ignore their this person's vile behavior is consistent with that sinful enslaved mindset, and 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 the idea that we are by doing even repentance we are being an irritant. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to break just real short. We are, sure. uh, both, uh, Christian podcast community members, and I have been not promoting it as much as I would like to. <laughs> so we're both members. Uh, Gene that was on last month was, is a member. Um, talk a little bit about the Christian podcast community. Some of the other podcasts that you like from a Christian podcast community is is a, is a great idea, and, and I love that Andrew and the the board came up with this Christian podcast community. The whole point of it is it's basically a, a excuse me, I'm stumbling over my own words here. Conglomeration of uh, Christian podcasts, not in competition with one another, but or, but rather coming together under the same. Christian values, same Christian principles and and biblical doctrine for the most part. So that what you when you go there, number one, you can pick just about any podcast and you're going to find something that is going to be informative, biblical and uh, and, and enjoyable. Yep. But number two, but number two, we're helping each other out in some respect or another. So, I mean, Squirrel Chatter Gene's program, I you know, is such a fantastic example of that. 
his podcast is the daily reading of the word of God. Yep. I mean, how many podcasts, how many podcasts actually do that to literally get on air every day and just simply read the word of God? He, he's made it a goal for this year to be through the, uh, the LSB legacy standard uh, Bible in the year through, through the reading. And like all of us as podcasters, he got behind because of, uh, of life events and so he committed today to you know, like catching up three days worth of podcast reading. So anybody listening today to today's show will have three days worth of biblical reading. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's fantastic, and that's just one of many. Your podcast, you know, you know, basically connecting people with so many different Christians throughout the course of, of uh, our circle, so to speak, yep. and talking about a variety of show of, of topics, uh, whether it's like the you know weekly what's in the news weekly kind of thing, or you know serious uh, studies of biblical doctrine. You are connecting people to uh, to Christian thought and and speakers that they may have never heard of before, and all of that is something that you can find in um in the christian podcast community uh andrew probably has about half of them no, I'm just <laughs> andrew probably has about five different podcasts with yeah. his name on it in that in there but um it's it's such a great uh collection of programs one of the ones that i i thoroughly enjoy in there and uh is my good friend chris huff and uh, and and his uh, his co-host drew vanita uh you know where they they're their shows, excuse me, matter theology. They are constantly taking like whatever issue they're talking about. And maybe it's a topic of exegetical preaching, or maybe it's another end. It's like, Hey, Christian, you got to watch your mouth and here's the biblical reasons for it. All of that is, is in there. And you're going to get a lot of sound theological study from that. Um, also our good friend, Justin Peters, he's got, uh, his dedicate podcast where he talks about, uh, the, you know, the, the false teachers and the, you know, the NAR and stuff like that. All of those are fantastic programs, but there, I mean, since I joined up, it is only grown. Oh yeah. It is more and more. I mean, there's, there's some in here. I've not even ever had the opportunity yeah, that's, to, that's to, almost to listen like to yet. <laughs> the frust, most frustrating aspect of it is that there's so many. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I confess, I love to do podcasts. I love to listen to podcasts, but I don't get to listen to hard. I mean, I listen to maybe a half a dozen shows, both yeah. secular and, and, uh, Christian. And, um, and that's the frustrating thing is, is, um, um, one of them I listen to that's secular is Dan Bongino and he right. talks about shelf space. And that's very much my experience with podcasting is this idea of shelf space. Every person only has so much space on their shelf for a podcast. And so if you get on their shelf, that's, that's a big deal. And and that's absolutely true. Whether you're him, I mean, he's one of the top two or three conservative political podcasts in the world right now, or little old me and you who have maybe a few hundred listeners each, you know, or, or even someone with fewer, I mean, everybody's dealing with that shelf space thing. And, and uh, I appreciate Christian podcast community because even though I can't get around to listening to as many as I'd like, I love that common feed where if I mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm a little burned out on my usuals. I want to listen to something different. I just throw on that common feed and mm-hmm. you know, what's the, one of the last four or five shows and, and there, whatever shows were recently published is going to be at the top because 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they put everybody's stuff all on one common feed. And if you like it, you can go just subscribe directly to that show mm-hmm. alone. It's really cool. Yeah, that is one of the nice things that, you know, I think one of the more interesting ideas I've seen done with a, uh, you know, a, something like there's, you know, people know Just Thinking is part of the Bar Network and, and Bar mm-hmm. Network has a number of programs. This is one of the things I love about Christian Podcast Community is you if you just go up and look Christian Podcast Community and whatever app you're using for your podcast, let's say like you use Apple, you go in there and find that you're going to, you're just going to get a dozens of shows that come up and they're just going to whatever's the most recent i don't care who you are you cannot even andrew i mean he cannot keep (laughs) up with i mean the only chance you've got you know even to have a chance is you got to be one of those guys that can tolerate listening at one and a half or double speed (laughs) which i can't do i'm i I, listen as if it's i listen as if it's radio i listen at one x speed unless it's you know on a rare occasion i just really need to hear and be done and um i can't I can't listen to a three hour show in three hours. I need to do it in an hour and a half. Yeah. I'll do it. It's it's not very co- common that I can do that, but yeah. Chipmunk speed is hard on me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but getting back to our topics, um, kind of going from salt to light, we go into that third topic, which uh, you picked again is another recent thing that popped up on your Twitter feed relating mm-hmm. to, just Christians having rights. Do Christians have rights or should Christians have rights or do we need to forfeit them or do we never have them in the first place? Or Right. You know, it's, it's an interesting discussion that's come up. Um, the reason it came up is of course, goes back to our first topic and it's that shooting out of Uvalde, Texas. And there's a lot of people, you know, calling for gun control. And that's always the case. We know that discussion is going to happen. We know it's going to come up in politics. And it may, you know, it may be that even if some of us oppose gun control, the controls come out of this. That's just what happens during these uh, scenarios. The interesting thing that's come out of that is you have a lot of Christian leaders, and I say that with quotes, who are trying to say, if you're a Christian, you should be supporting essentially the repeal of the second amendment that you should be in favor of gun control. You should be willing to, as one person put it, lay down your rights for the vulnerable. This is not up for debate. That was a literal quote from somebody on Twitter. And it's sparked a whole new set of conversations about the nature of do Christians have rights and do should Christians be standing for the rights? And one of the things that I found very interesting, I actually did a fairly lengthy uh, Twitter post with regard to it, was there was an individual who was in discussions with uh, Janet Mefford, and some people may remember her. She was a a, a Christian journalist. She had a radio uh, talk show. Uh, She's back on Twitter. She's just as powerful as ever <laughs> getting getting back into the meat of things. Uh, very grateful for people like Janet. Little mini um, side question. Is, is that related yes. to uh, the Elon purchase? Because I know it's a lot of like more conservative minded people who disappeared start kind of coming back. And I'll admit that's a good question. Degree, I don't I've know. Done that a little bit myself where I kind of backed away from Twitter and then, oh, uh, things are going to change. Maybe I can kind of creep back. I think she, she, I think she came back. She might've come back just about that time or right prior to it. Okay. I don't know that I've, I've never asked her and I've had some interactions with her, but uh, that, you know, that's a question worth asking her. Not that it matters, Uh, but it's just a trend that kind of popped up lately. (laughs) (laughs) So, but she ended up in a conversation with somebody online and she basically challenged the guy to say, tell me from the Bible chapter and verse, where Christians don't have rights. And 
he's like, fine, gotcha, I'll do that. And he went to Matthew uh, 5, went to Romans 12 in two places, and went to 1 Corinthians 9. And I thought it was really interesting because he basically tried to claim this is proof that Christians have, as he said, bottom line, as a Christian, you have no rights. Now, interestingly, what he said and what those passages say are two different things. Isn't um, that typical, yeah. though? <laughs> it very much is. I actually like what Ali Beth Stuckey said. Uh, she pointed out the fact that when when you find individuals like this who are saying Christians don't have rights, what they actually are not saying is, um, I, I, I want the right to free speech for myself taken away. I want the right to due process taken away. I want the right to... Uh, you know, freedom against uh, un, uh, unwarranted searches in my home. Take now, they never say things like that. Yeah. It's always the rights that they don't like, which is in this case the Second Amendment. Or what they'll um, do is they'll say, "I don't exercise this right, so I'm happy to give up my right to that." But you should do oh, it yeah. too. Exactly. I any, voluntarily any right that doesn't cost mine, them. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah if it doesn't cost them anything. The yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't own a gun, so nobody should own a gun, kind of thing. Exactly, and and that, and that's really the thing is if it doesn't cost them anything, they're very vo they're very very vocal. They're happy to say that hate speech is a first amendment is not first amendment protected. But if they say that all conservatives are uh, Neanderthals who need to have their mouth stapled shut and drug off to the gulag, that's protected. Yeah. Um, if, if if they're they're in favor of protest, if it's for Antifa or BLM, but if Christians come out and say in mass and, and don't have masks on and say, you can't mask us and you can't close our churches, that's not protected speech. So it's 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 a very big double standard. Um, and, and they don't seem to have a problem with that at all. It's not even really a double standard anymore. It's just like, well, the, the rule is what we say that is. And that's exactly. What, I mean. It's and the, sad, and the sad truth about this is, and this is where the term useful idiot comes into play, and I know that's going to be offensive to some, but the useful idiot is is exactly that to the people who want authoritarian control. They think that by taking away certain rights that don't affect them, that they themselves will never be impacted down the road. Ask every uh, totalitarian dictatorship how the people felt about that later when all their rights were taken away. Yeah. So, but, but again, Ali Bestucky pointed out, they never, they, they never say the rights that they enjoy are the problem. It's always the rights that we stand up for. Yep. And so certain things like the, in this particular individual's case, he was saying Matthew chapter five, where it talks about things like, you know, turning the cheek, uh, you know, walking an extra mile, et cetera, that that's proof that you don't have rights. Well, and that you can't have the right to defend yourself. The problem with that is, of course, what it's referring they, to they is that Christ in the context. Exactly. It's it's about enduring insult. It's not that you are being attacked and assaulted in the street. It's that you are an enduring insult and that you do so for the sake of Christ and you do so, which is a, in a testimony. Now, I will well, say there's this. There's a cultural aspect to that, too. Just that turning the other cheek. I mean, we we lose it because we don't quite have it. And we do a little bit mm -hmm. in our culture. But if you're like, if you're, if you're watching on video and this will go a lot easier, but you're <laughs> struck with the back of the hand. Okay. That's mm -hmm. an insult. You're lower than me. Okay. But when you turn that other cheek, now they got to come with the palm mm -hmm. of the hand to slap you. That's a, I'm equal to you kind of thing. I don't right. like you, but we're on equal footing. It's completely right. different than the, you hit me once. Go ahead and hit me again. Yeah.
And it's, but it's, again, it, it just, it goes back to what you said. They don't understand the context. They try to apply. And, and I believe he's actually a saying, this is a, you can't, this is a, uh, a challenge to that the, that Christians can defend themselves because multiple people in multiple conversations online have said that specifically, you can't defend yourself. You have to turn the other cheek. You are not understanding the context and you're also rejecting other aspects of scripture which is, for example, Luke twenty two thirty six, where you know Jesus is a you know is, is about to go to the cross, and he's telling them, or he's about, he's about to you know uh, uh, be done with his earthly ministry, and he says, "Now, previously, I sent you out, and I told you, don't take any of these things. Did you lack?" And they said, "No." And he says, "Okay, now I'm sending you out, but you can take a knapsack, you can take money, you can, and by the way, if you don't have a sword, sell a cloak and buy a sword." So all the necessary things for a person to go out into the world, up to and including the ability to defend oneself on the way. So to say that this in and of itself is proof that, number one, you have to completely surrender your rights, and number two, you can't defend yourself, is contradictory to what Christ himself uh, you know, did. Now, they'll often go to and say, well, you know, P uh, uh, Jesus rebuked Peter for striking with the sword. Correct, he did. Garden of Gethsemane, what does Peter do? He sees that Jesus is about to be arrested. Jesus, you know, Peter acts out what he had previous, previously tried to do by, by word, tried to prevent Jesus from going to the cross. He, you know, he tells previously tells Jesus, how dare you? No, you're not going to go to the cross. This won't happen to you. Peter and you know, he, Peter's rebuked and said, get behind me, Satan. Now, what is he doing? Striking with the sword to prevent Christ from going to the cross in an effort to advance the kingdom by the sword. Of course, he's rebuked. Exactly what, you know, he, you know, he was not to carry that sword. So to prevent Christ from completing his work in this world. Yeah. And so this idea that, you know, well, that, that, that proves you can, that's not what the sword was for. Again, that goes inconsistent with the rest of Scripture, especially when you look at all the times that God said in the Old Testament, number of the people who can carry the sword for the defense of Israel. When you look at Nehemiah, who said, when we're rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, bricks in one hand, sword in the other to defend against attackers. God never had a problem with his people being armed. But we were never to advance the kingdom by the sword, mm -hmm. and that's the difference. You know, to defend yourself or to defend someone else is is not prohibited by Scripture. But they would argue that it, that you have to. But the idea that you advance the kingdom that we that we take over that is a problem, and and that's that can be done in a lot of ways. And one of which would be the idea of militarily or by force. Of course, we don't do that. Right. But that was that's one way that they try to say it. They also, you know, this individual po pointed to both uh, Romans 12, uh, 12, 10 and 17. And in uh, in 12, 10, I'm trying to look at my what I had written up here. Um, it had to do with outdoing one another in love. And again, that's that's no problem. Putting putting others first, you know, sacrificing for the needs or desires of self to put others first isn't a denial of rights. It is sacrificing for oneself and you can voluntarily lie aside, lay aside your rights, but it's not a mandate that you don't have rights. It's simply saying that you're sacrificing for someone else, making others more important. 12 well, Romans 12, 17. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, finish your thoughts. Sorry. I was going to say Romans 12, 17. Well, don't repay evil for evil. Okay, I agree with that. You mm -hmm. know, if, if a guy, you know, if a guy slanders me or attacks me verbally, uh, says 
vile things to me, uh, I'm not to return that in kind. If I if I'm fired in the workplace or persecuted, I I don't respond in a sinful manner. I res- you know I'm I'm to treat those who attack me and persecute me with love. So I absolutely agree with that. But again, that's not a denial of the fact that you have the ability to defend oneself. Because yeah. if you for to be able to say that you have to lay down that right, you don't have that right. What you're saying is uh, it is an assumption that the act of defending oneself is an, is evil. If you're going to appeal to that to that passage, and again, go back to all of Scripture where they were able to, you know, all of God's people have always been able to defend themselves and defend themselves in warfare attacks against uh, other nations, etc. If they did so in rebellion to God, they would fail. Mm-hmm. If they were in obedience to God, God would it would give them victory. So. Yes, you can do so sinfully. Yes, you can. Uh, you know, you can use the sword in a manner in which God has not mandated you to, and and you're rebelling against God. But the idea that you simply owning a weapon to to defend oneself or others is somehow repaying evil for evil is inconsistent with the context of Scripture. And I'm sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, you, no, I, that's good. that's fine. I I was going to look at it through a couple different angles. One, uh, I go back to several years ago. I was I was soliciting uh, questions. And then I was doing, a, I called it Echozoe Answers, which by the way, if you've got a question, I would love to go back and do those again. So if you've got a question that I can dig awesome. in and, I like that idea. and do a 15 minute video answering it for you, do it. Well, this particular question, somebody asked me, is it ever not a sin to lie? Now, that's a big question. And there are some very powerful theologians on both sides of that question. The way I tackled it, was I said, let's go back to the greatest commandment. What, what did Jesus say? The greatest commandment was, Lord, the, love the love Lord it. your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? If, if there's a situation where the greater good is to love your neighbor, the example question on lying was obviously, I mean, it's probably running through your head right now, Nazi Germany or the Netherlands. You're, you're, in, you're in the Netherlands during World War II. You're Corey Tenboom, and a Nazi knocked on your door and wants to know, is there a Jew in your house? Okay. Do I have a right as a believer to lie to the Nazi to say, no, there's no Jew in my house? I say, yes, you do. And, and, and because that is not only the loving thing for the Jew who I'm hiding from the Nazi, it's the loving thing for the Nazi too, because he's going to do evil. And if he does evil, he's going to bring judgment upon himself. So the loving thing in that situation is you hide the Jew. Right. And I think likewise, when it comes to owning a weapon or exercising certain rights, many of the rights we have are there to protect those same rights in others. We have Mm -hmm. families we got to protect. We've got others that are, I mean... When the guy says, shouldn't we give up our guns to protect the vulnerable? I mean, how do I protect the vulnerable when I don't have a weapon? Right. The bad guy's going to have a weapon. Like, how, how do I protect my child from a bad guy without a weapon when the bad guy has a weapon? The loving right. thing to do, the right thing to do in that situation is to protect my child or protect the vulnerable person in my care. So of course I need it. And and if I give up that right, I'm not just affecting my own well-being. I'm affecting those well-being of those people who are depending on me as well. Right. 
And you know, and, and I think that's one of the problems is is that you have certain individuals who have equated the idea of the way you protect the vulnerable is we get rid of, we get rid of guns altogether. And going back to our first topic, one of the things that you know that w- when I started listening to some of the responses and, and and hearing people getting angry about what happened, and I I was thinking about well, the reason we have this grave evil is because of the, this being given over to a depraved mind. One of the other things that came to my mind was that if no matter what you did as evil as this culture has become, you could take all the weapons and you can melt them into a ball of steel and drop them in the ocean. You're not going to stop mass casualty, uh, violent offenses because we've had people in recent history who drove an SUV up a, a street, during a parade intentionally running people over Mm -hmm. in, in previous uh, scenarios, we've had people who at the Boston marathon used pressure cookers. I mean, cooking implements to basically make, you know, to make, make, you know, like claymores that would explode and throw things everywhere and, and harm and kill. You know, we've had people who blew up a bill, you know, people have blown up buildings with the cars loaded with full fertilizer. We've had people use aircraft to bring buildings down. Well, we the even point have is, like, is that, uh, it's been a, a few years since this happened, but you look at communist China, which there's no right to bear arms there. I mean, there's, there's no. no right to any weapons. And just a few years ago, there were, there was a crime sprees of people running around stabbing people. Yeah. Cause you can never take away all, as long as you have kitchens, you can never take away all the knives. Yeah. And, and, if, and even if you didn't have kitchen knives, all you have to do is get a hold of a piece of metal and sharpen it. Exactly. You know, the, the, the point is, is you're always going to have evil and you're always going to have people who do evil things. So the argument isn't it, – it's basically fallacious. It, well, we need to get rid of guns. That will solve the problem. That doesn't solve the problem. Mm-hmm. It actually just makes the evil person more inventive, which goes back to as Christians, our answer is the gospel proclamation to win evil hearts, not to say what's the way we can basically eliminate all possibility of, of, of evil happening. That, yeah. that, that doesn't happen. Um, the, 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 but this all comes back to that argument. Well, you have to lay down your rights. Well, l- let's take it even out of the realm of, of firearms. You know, Cause that's not, it's the primary point that most of these people are pointing at, but let's just take it to the issue of what he, the, this gentleman said, you have no rights. If that's the case, if the idea is, as a Christian, I must be prepared to suffer for Christ, that I will endure persecution, and it always, that's what it always comes back to, by the way. Well, they'll, they'll quote the, all the passages that say, you have to suffer for Christ, and that's true. I have to be willing to endure your persecution for the sake of the gospel, no question. All right, The idea that I want to avoid persecution well you just do what Vody balcom said at the shepherds conference a couple years ago you don't say anything you don't say anything that could be controversial you don't speak the gospel you don't speak truth you just be quiet you you'll you'll never endure persecution but that's not what we're called to we will endure persecution mm-hmm. absolutely but let's talk about one of the most persecuted persons in all of the new testament apart from christ the apostle paul the man was shipwrecked. The man was beaten. The man was imprisoned. The man was, you know, threatened with death. He was, uh, he was actually stoned outside of Lystra and left for dead. One of the most persecuted Christians in the history of the New Testament. Did Paul lay, always lay down his rights? Well, three separate times he asserted his rights as a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. Acts sixteen thirty seven, Acts twenty two twenty five, Acts twenty five ten through twelve. He asserted his rights as a Roman citizen. 
because of the unjust, illegal treatment he was about to go through. Even to the point of appealing, knowing that the, the, the Jews had no case against him, he appealed to Caesar. He could have won his case at the local governor level. He appealed his case to Caesar. Now, he did so the, the, you know, for God's purposes because he, he was preaching the gospel to the people in Caesar's household. But the, the fact of the matter remains, he exercised his rights as a Roman citizen yep. legally. And at times when doing so, he could have endured greater suffering. So why is it okay for Paul to do so and not for this? And I think it goes back to what we said at the beginning. You have individuals who have certain things that they don't like, and they don't like that they're rights, and it, it, it goes counter to their political leanings. So they are trying to use scripture to say, well, you have to lay down your rights. You, as a, every, you me, and every Christian has every ability to lay down voluntarily any right we choose. There is no command, for example, that just because you have a right to carry a firearm, going back to that, that I have to exercise that right. I can, if I so choose, I can testify against myself. I don't, I don't, I, I can't be compelled to testify against myself in a court of law, but if I choose to, I can, I can lay down my rights. I can, I, I don't have to allow law enforcement to, uh, to come into my home without a warrant and, you know, look for uh, any kind of uh, paraphernalia or evidence of a crime. If they don't have a warrant, they can't come in, but I can lay down that right. All of us have the ability to lay down the right voluntarily. There's no I command of scripture you that talk you must. about that a little bit. I mean, I don't I'm not sure if my listeners are fully aware, but what what is your day job? <laughs> uh, I have been in law enforcement for the last 23 almost 23 and a half years now. So you're you're saying those things knowing from the other side what that means. Exactly. And and that's the thing is is that you have that ability. No nobody who's arguing that we stand up for the rights that we have in this nation. And by the way, for this is obviously an American centric or at least mm -hmm. Western, you know, Western culture centric argument. You, you mentioned China before they're not This would have no application to them. This would have no application in third world nations, say in South Africa or, or, or in, in North Korea. We get that. What we're saying is as a Christian in a, uh, in a Western culture, in this case, specifically America, I have legal rights. So is being a Christian mean I I am required to not have those rights that I have yeah, it's to ironic advocate. that you put it that way, because so many of those rights have their roots in the rise of mm -hmm. Christianity throughout the West. That, yep. That's why Absolutely. we have those rights in the first place. Rome didn't have exactly. a lot of those rights. You know, a lot of those rights came about after the fall of Rome as Christianity was ascended, as people were more and more putting Christian and biblical values into practice. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. it they're protections against the abu sinful abuses of government. And it, the idea that I have to give that up because you don't like that right and you've perceived that that right, the exercise of that right somehow is offensive to your sensibilities or to the sensibilities of the people that you think you need to win, which kind of goes back to one of the episodes we did on Voice of Reason Radio recently. We talked about the whole winsome and nuance argument, which is kind of a, a born out of Tim Keller, who says there's got to be this third way when we're, we're, we're dealing with culture. We can't be too left or too right. We can't be Democrat. We can't re be Republican. We got to be somewhere in the middle. 
and in practice is typically punch everything on the right and coddle everything on the left. <laughs> um, but that's what this is kind of born from. It's it's the idea that if if I exercise this particular right, we go back again, Second Amendment, then I'm going to offend someone on the left who's anti-Second Amendment and who thinks that the way you solve the problems of violence is you get rid of firearms. I'm going to be, I'm going to offend them. And so as a Christian, I, what I need to do is be able to lay down this right, because this should be a no brainer. I, I would argue that simply laying down the right is not something that is either commanded nor prohibited in scripture. It's simply in the culture in which you live, how do you live? If you have these rights and you have the legal right to, you know, to stand up for them, are you sinning? No, not, not in and of itself. And I think that's the problem is you have individuals who want to say, well, Jesus was, uh, was, you know, gentle and lowly, meek and mild. He, he didn't, he didn't defend himself when he was, uh, when he was Overturning uh, assaulted the tables and, at the temple. And, yeah. Right. No, you know, <laughs> ne never, never did Christ ever say anything harsh, uh, like you, you whitewash tombs full of dead men's bones. Yeah. Never did he say anything against the government. Oh, that Fox Herod. Uh, never did he do anything like to overturn tables with a whip of cords or anything like that. No, he was, he was perfectly gentle every time. Um, and, and we just need to be like him when he was getting the snot beat out of him by the, the Sanhedrin and the Roman guards. That's what we need to do. Um, and it's, it's a inconsistent application of scripture. Yeah. For a particular socio-political perspective. And I would simply argue, if you don't want to exercise a particular right, such as the Second Amendment, you're not required to. But you are not able to prohibit Christians from exercising that right, provided that exercise is not a direct violation of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... You know, where there are people today that are all up in arms right now that the right to abortion, which doesn't exist in, in anywhere in the Constitution, but was a horribly bad Supreme Court decision, just like Dred Scott was a hor horribly bad Supreme Court decision. There are people all up in arms today that the right to abortion could be overturned. Um, and you don't see Christians in this in this particular camp saying, well, you need to surrender that right. You know, yeah. you see them going after other ones. And so the simple fact is, is that you as a Christian, if, if you were to say, well, you have to, you know, you have to allow for the exercise of the right of abortion. That's a sin. That's a murder of a child in the womb. So, no, we would never say as a Christian, you have a right to kill a child in the womb. That would be one where we say, number one, the right doesn't exist. But number two, even if it was considered a right in the in the legal documents, you as a Christian cannot exercise that because you will be killing someone. Yep. But saying that a Christian who believes that the right to free speech exists, meaning that I can say something like homosexuality is a sin and people don't like it, that's hate speech. Well, it's still protected and I can say it because I'm commanded to by Christ. If, you know, in the same way, if I want to exercise my right to the Second Amendment to say that I am complicit in sin and then cherry picking verses to make that work, that's not that's not biblical. And you are using that your, the word of God in an unscriptural, unbiblical manner and laying a, uh, a pharisaical tradition on the Christian, demanding them to do something that the scripture itself does not demand. Yeah, I like I like how you wrap that up because it, it's so much of this discussion always tends to when you really get to the bottom of it it's it's one person wanting to make another subservient mm -hmm. and that's really what all that was the pharisaism and whatnot it's 
you're going to be subservient to me. And yep. I'm going to start by asking you to do it voluntarily. And when you don't, mm. then I'm going to push harder. Yep. But have you noticed that when it comes exactly. to, as, as we as Americans articulate rights with the Bill of Rights, the first 10 men, amendments to the Constitution, have you noticed, I believe the only one that the left isn't currently trying to take away from us would be the Third Amendment, which is uh, quartering soldiers. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's like literally <laughs> the only one left. Every, yeah. every other right, they, they're like, no, we're going to, you don't have that right. Well, and and, and you imagine imagine at some point, if you've eroded the other uh, nine uh, amendments to the Constitution, and we we get that promised civil war that, and and I'm sorry, I I, I know a lot of uh, conservatives think we're facing one. I don't have enough confidence (laughs) in the the lack of, uh, let's just say that the American culture is so very lazy that the idea of actually going to war, <laughs> I think, is not going to happen. But let's say you get that. Yeah. Um, you erode the, those nine uh, amendments to the Constitution. The third doesn't have any standing anymore. Right. Guess what you're going to be holding? Yeah. Doing? Well, <laughs> I, I say that. Um, I, I heard an interesting twist last year as we were in all these coronavirus lockdowns and restrictions and whatnot. One of the things that came up was this eviction moratorium where they said right. you can't evict anybody right now. And uh, my own governor here, a lot of governors jumped on that. That was one of the few, the last ones he was willing to give up was the eviction moratorium. But I heard an interesting argument that somebody wanted to bring a, a novel legal argument that while some of those people that need to be evicted are, 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 are active military and that are not paying their rent. And by, by not allowing them to be evicted, you're violating the third amendment. <laughs> That's a unique argument. Unique. I gotta give them credit. <laughs> I don't think it would have gone one. anywhere, considering that it was, you know, yeah. very small percentage of those who needed eviction fit that mold. But, uh, but yeah, it no, came up, and I thought, I've always said the third was the only one they're not going for, and they've even gone for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> well, Chris, we're at an hour, so I don't want to go into our fourth topic, which was completely separate. The first three <laughs> flowed together nicely. The fourth kind of is off on its own reservation. We'll save that for next so, time. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm thinking I'm going to offer this one for discussion cornucopia 2023. I love it. Cool. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to end where I started. Where can people find you and your podcast and ministry if they forgot over the last hour? <laughs> well, we've gone over a lot of territory. It's possible. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the easiest way is, of course, is, is slavetothekeng.com. That's our website. It has our links to uh, like the Apple podcast download. It gives you the RSS feed if you want to drop it into your own personal uh, app that you like more. Um, it, it It has our links to our social media for the the show on Facebook and on Twitter. And I guess I'm going to have to start creating things for truth social and getter and everybody mm-hmm. else. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, I want to recommend one thing and I'm going to plug my own thing in my, in the recommendation. There's a uh, thing called a link tree that I've seen pop up here and there. Yes. Now I don't use the, the actual link tree website, but um, I, I presume you're on WordPress. A lot of us are on WordPress. Yes. Um, yes. There is, I think, I, I think the way I did it 
it wasn't even a plugin. I think it was just like I found somebody with some code I could copy and paste in. And I created um, a page. So I use echozoe.com slash linktree. So if okay. you're listening and you, you want to know where are all the places Echozoe is, echozoe.com slash linktree. And it's really a great way to do it, I find, because it it's hard to keep up in this moving world of all these different social media platforms coming and going. You know, I dropped yes. off of Facebook. You won't find me on Facebook, but you will find me on True Social and Getter and Parler and Gab and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I, I could even after, you know, offline sometime I could, I could figure out how I did that and send it to you. So you can do that too. Do like a, yeah, that, a slave to yeah, the king.com slash link tree kind of thing. And uh, that'd be great. Uh, although going straight through Linktree, I think I would probably avoid considering that they, they just booted libs of TikTok. Oh, <laughs> well, that was part of my calculus on why I don't want to be like using exactly. somebody. I mean, the whole point is to not depend on, didn't we learn both on Facebook and Twitter? Stop depending yeah. on these people. You know, if you have your own website, that should be first and foremost. People should find you through yeah. your website. I agree. I agree. But yeah, that's that's the easiest way to find us. Uh, and then uh, from there, you can find our social media. You can get a hold of us, uh, send us a contact link. Uh, we actually do have through uh, doctrineandlife.co, we have t-shirts for the show. Cool. Should have been wearing that. I didn't think about that. Uh <laughs> well, I picked this one. I was watching the video. I'm wearing my Indiana shirt. And and I I, I wore it because it's got the Echo Zoe colors on it. Uh, I didn't go to Indiana. Well, I don't know anybody in Indiana. I, got, I bought it. Actually, I got red and white on here. <laughs> I bought it because my son got radiation treatments at Indiana, so we spent two uh, months there. Cool. And they they they. I don't know if I still can use the word cured, but they you know they cured my son's brain remission. Yeah. Well, he's been ten years in remission now. We're talking about doing a ten year a ten year party. He's fifteen now. He was five Praise when he was God. treated. And uh, so we're talking about August will be the 10th anniversary. And uh, Praise God but, for that, man. But yeah, so that was, I was going to the closet. I'm like, wow, that, yeah, I forgot <laughs> about this shirt. I didn't want to wear it out. Yeah. I, I haven't worn it in a long time because it was, I don't want it to start getting holes and stuff, but like, oh, it's got Echo Zoe <laughs> colors. I'm going to wear that. One. There you go. That's perfect. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that, that link is on there. Uh, the link to our, the, the support. I hate promoting the support, support us page, but it, if I don't, then no then people I, start asking so <laughs> i want to talk to you a little more we, about that offline but <laughs> but so that's on there that's the easiest way to get in touch with us mm -hmm. but you can find myself and rich uh on twitter i i'm probably more active on twitter rich is more active on facebook so uh cool. and then we both have accounts on multiple other platforms so but again go to slave to the king.com plug in the uh you know the rss feed or follow the link to your apple podcast and you'll be able to find our cool. show there. and you are weekly Yes, we try yeah. to be as much as possible. Yeah. And uh, which I hats off to you. I do. Um, I do once. I, I have a hard time keeping up with once a month, and I'm glad that I always set out to do just once a month. So hats off to you guys for for uh, sticking with it for seven years. Yeah. So well, six years starting our seventh, but yeah, six it's years? the first. Yeah, it was first probably three years. I would say we were. In con we were consistently inconsistent about the weekly thing. <laughs> sure. And then it was uh, 2019 when I went to the Shepherds Conference and actually met some people who let who would listen to the program and were and were grateful for some of the work we did. And it became a, re a, a, a renewed desire to be consistent with the program. Mm -hmm. And with with few exceptions, because we do this on our own time, we do it, you know, basic most of the time on our own dime mm -hmm. and we're, we have families. 
So stuff sometimes happens. If we it's if we can, we'll try to. Thing you can do to grow a show or just to 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 strengthen a show is to be consistent. You can't control. Yep. There's almost nothing else you can control better than that. And, and I can tell you, I mean, not that we do it for numbers, but you can actually, if you open up the Podbean, uh, which is where our stuff's ho hosted through, and you open a, the graph of when we started to now, you can see that's exactly when the numbers changed. Because mm -hmm. um, we we were, you know, it was a consistent kind of you know stable he heartbeat at the bottom, and then one day, boom, yep. and that's when it changed. And and it the the increase was from that, and from being uh, shortly thereafter joining uh christian podcast community and um cool. those were those were probably the two things that probably gave us some of the best biggest increases cool well congrats on six years that's that's a big thing i appreciate You've got it, a lot bro. more episodes than i do because weekly versus monthly <laughs> there's a lot more weeks in, in six years than there is year uh months in what am i at 14 yeah yeah i think we're the last i checked was two just under 250 let's see here uh the last i checked well you're this is uh, 200 this is this is episode 170 yeah this is uh ours our most recent one is uh 247 wow cool with uh yeah with 62,000 plus downloads over the course of six years so cool. the lord has been gracious to give us a consistent listener base awesome well stick around and uh we'll chat a little bit more and uh but thanks for joining me and uh glad to have you back well, I was glad to be on, brother. Forward, anytime you want. Looking forward to <laughs> next summer. We'll do it again. Love it. Cool.